Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Therese Skelly, and you are in for a treat. This is another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. I love to bring amazing folks to you to hear their stories. Because, you know, there's a lot of lot of places to listen to expert content where you get to learn strategy and tactics and all the things. But I, the folks that I bring on share their vulnerabilities. They share the challenges. They share what made them stronger on the journey. And so today, oh my gosh, I'm just going to say this might be a two Kleenex box episode. I'm just saying, okay? And uh, so I met Jennifer Eurizio a while back. We've been chatting. Somebody connected us and I saw her website. I'm like, holy crap, this woman has got so much to talk about. What are we going to pick? And what, what we picked surprised me and really is relevant to me. So so stay tuned because I know I'm doing a total teaser because this topic is something you are going to totally relate to. But first, before we dive into the topic, Jennifer, I would love you. So welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us what you do in the work world and what you love about it. So I help people create a conscious and tangible connection to their soul and their soul of the business. And then I help them put consciousness in everything they do. And what is better than helping myself and others to connect? (laughs) Holy crap, woman. Yeah, that's like everything. That's everything, basically. Like like making ice cream wouldn't even be better than what I'm doing, right? Like, you know, like, it's just so rich and so wonderful and so sweet. Mm And, and um, every day is something new, right? Because it's all about connecting and understanding ourselves. So I never get bored, which is also key for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And so just, let's just, in case there are the people, I don't think if they're listening to me, they understand, but just speak a minute. Like, what do you mean soul of the business? Because I use the same language, right? But like, let's just ground that just a bit, because I think that is such, you know, 15 years ago, we weren't talking about these concepts. And so I love that the consciousness has arised, arisen or arrived. I'm just making words up here that we, we have access to the different dimensions. We don't just have to do the 3D. Here's the marketing tactics, right? So just take a moment because I want to elaborate on that. You know, I think people call in a business, you know, especially entrepreneurs to do something bigger first for themselves and then others. Right. So it's a vehicle for their gifts and talents, and it has its own energy. It has its own agenda. It has its own mission, yeah. and it has a wealth of information to share. So we're really talking to the energy, the essential nature of that business. And, and most uh, highly uh, creative entrepreneurs think that they are their business, and they're not. They're yeah. actually their business is designed to support them in a bigger way. 
And so when you're open to having that conversation with your business, that conscious connection, your business is going to reveal a lot of information Mm -hmm. that your kind of humanness Mm -hmm. sometimes goes against. So I'll give you a tangible example. Yeah, perfect. So I'm in the shower a couple of years ago. It's like 10 years now. And I'm yelling at my business energy. Where are my people? I can't believe this. And the business energy says, go to the beach. I was like, yeah, no, I, I got things to do, right? right? I'm warrior in nature. That's my personal okay. Right? So I'm like, no, I got things to do and programs to put out and people to write back and blah, 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 blah. And the, I hear, go to the beach. I was like, fine. So I pack up. I go to the beach. I have a great day at the beach. Mm. I come back. And there's three new clients in my Oof. Yeah. Right. My business has a wealth of knowledge. It's much more still oriented. It's much more receiving in nature. Mm -hmm. It really knows the, the, in the greatest good of all the marketing campaign, what to say, what to do, Mm -hmm. what action to take. And then it's my opportunity to, you know, get in alignment with that and or suffer. So I really <laughs> like to get in alignment. So that's a little background about what I mean yes. about the energy of the business. Beautiful. I think that's a perfect story. It really captures it, right? So FYI, if you've been doing it the old way, as what I call hustle and grind, like the old masculine energy, the old use your brain and your grit. Um, wahoo, there's a whole new way. Jennifer and I can show you how. So, And at the end, Jennifer is going to give you all her contact information so you get to learn more about her. All right. Get your Kleenex boxes ready. I know I should have one here too. So hold on, hold on. Like seriously, and I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Okay. So what we're talking about. So seriously, every when I bring new podcast guests on, I say, What's your story? And very often it's like, well, you know, I dropped a six-figure business or I was homeless or I left a marriage. And Jennifer brought up this this story that was really dear to me. So why don't you just dive in? Because it's really relevant to our life and you can't take your life out of your business right no you really can't all the lessons are yeah and I think what's really great about this story is also knowing that in my verbiage with God business is always good so even when I went through this big thing I was like okay with God business is always good you're gonna handle it right so in 2000 and the beginning of 2020 my boyfriend had this dog he got the dog in 2019 and in February, my cat died. And I'm like, listen, honey, you're, you know, you split your time between our house and your parents' house. Mm-hmm. When you're at your parents' house, the dog is mostly alone. The parents mm-hmm. take it out. But I think Roxy, that's the name of the dog, needs to come live with me. So Roxy came to live with me. And it's the first dog I've had in or oh, had yeah. in 20 something years, right? Yeah. And I, the last dog I had, I was 12. So what did I know? <laughs> yeah, about yeah. Right, right, right. So she comes lives with me and lockdown begins. So we're mm. literally alone for a solid month, just me and her. And Werner always says, that's my boyfriend. He's like, I knew you were going to love Roxy, but I didn't realize how much you were going to love Roxy. Mm. And Roxy was and is my soulmate. Mm-hmm. Like I could look in her eyes and know that everything was going to be okay. And we, you know, there was a lot of, kind of getting used to a dog because it wasn't like a cat, which I have had for the last, you know, 30 <laughs> And they require and, more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it was getting used to kind of what she needed, what she needed from me, where I really, you know, there was a lot of growth and experience about understanding how I wanted to really truly nurture something and be nurtured at the same time. 
which is a very delicate, tricky balance kind of thing to walk. And so we were sailing along and I, I had started a blog because I would go to the dog park and all of my stuff would hit the fan at the dog park, <laughs> right? All my not enough, all of my like, why don't they like me, right? And, and stuff that I wasn't even aware of. So yeah, I was isn't like, that great? Whoa. So great. Yeah. I'm like, this is content. I'm going to start writing yeah. about it. And so then there were people not only invested in my journey, but also invested in Roxy's journey because you know she would do things that would allow me to really write about and people Mm -hmm. resonated with it Mm -hmm. and one morning uh in May 2021 we were coming home from the dog park and there's so many things and I I want people to understand this because we think we do a lot there's so many things when a tragedy occurs that we go well what if we didn't do this and what if we Mm. didn't do that and what if and Mm -hmm. That part is so painful because you're trying to, you know, in your head, reconstruct an experience so you're not in pain and you're in non-acceptance and that prevents true healing from happening. So we went to the dog park. It's a Thursday morning. The dog park is usually closed on Thursday morning. We went in and we got to go into the dog park and then we came home and I picked up the phone. I was talking to Warner and and the protocol was we take Roxy off the leash, she gets down off the car, and she goes right upstairs home. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning, there was a rabbit. Now, I've lived uh, on the same street for 20 years. Mm-hmm. This is the first year we've ever had rabbits. And since, I've never seen another wow. rabbit. Whoa. Never. So she goes chase, and I go, Roxy. And I drop the phone. And I start to run. Now, from my car to the front of the street is not even 20 seconds, not even. Mm-hmm. In that 20 seconds, she was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, when I got there, she was already gone. Now, here's what's really, I was going to say effed up about it, but it's it really, yeah, really remarkable. Okay. So, I screamed for four minutes straight. I know that because poor Warner was on the phone. Oh, oh God, minutes. the heartache of that. Yeah. They heard, he thought it was me that was hit by a car. They heard me three streets over. Mm. Everyone in the neighborhood and on the street came out to help me and Roxy. No one left my side from the neighborhood. They called the police. They called, they actually called the fire the police and the fire chief. There's so many things you don't know when something happens. So my next door neighbor, Jocelyn, who I didn't know at the time, goes, okay, listen. I was like, well, call an ambulance. She goes, nobody's going to come. They won't do that. Mm-hmm. She's like, we could pick her up and we can rush her to the emergency. I was like, that's 45 minutes away. But she's mm-hmm. not. Then Jocelyn's like, she's gone. And I was like, I don't want to leave her. What I didn't know was if something happens to the dog, no one's going to come get the dog. You actually have take to it take it in. Yeah. When the dog dies or passes, nobody comes gets the dog. The fire chief was like, we're going to wrap her in blankets. Where do you want her? Mm. Because Warner had to come and say goodbye, and we had to go to the vet and blah, blah, blah. So Warner comes. He, he was two hours away, and he says goodbye to Roxy, and we bring her to the vet. 
and the vet cries. And then I come home and I spend a day crying on and off. Mm-hmm. And at one point I turn to Warner and I go, we need to get another dog. And he's like, I'm not ready. No, it's, oh. I'm not ready. I was like, no, you don't understand. We're getting another dog mm-hmm. because if we don't, my heart's going to close yes. up yeah. and it will never open again. So please. And he's like, I, I'm not ready, but God love him. <laughs> he called the breeder where we got Roxy and she had one puppy that family probably wasn't going to pick her up. That's her story. I think there's a little more to that story that just on an intuitive level yeah, yeah. that she, that she didn't tell us. She's like, well, no, in a couple of days. Well, that family didn't come pick up mm-hmm. Art. That's what we call the new puppy heart. Mm. And two weeks later, we drove 22 hours to get heart to open our heart. And oh. she's a, she's a cousin of Roxy, right? So she and here's the really interesting part. There's so many, I mean, there's so many parts of this. I think, you know, at one point I said to Warner, I do not know how couples get through a loss of a child. Yes. I go, we lost a dog. And we're starting to like drift and argue. I was like, this can't happen. Mm-hmm. Like we got to come together. Yeah. I can understand when someone loses a child and there's another child that you compare mm-hmm. and you look at, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I can see how all of the human stuff uh, behind this loss of this magnitude, right? So when we picked up Hart, she was two months old and she was six pounds, which is not not right. And she was, I don't, there's something happened with the the breeder and I don't think the breeder was treating her right fully because she was, it took her four baths to smell not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, I remember picking her up. The first week, because we stayed over, because we drove 22 hours. So we stayed over at a hotel and putting her little body on the pillow heart. And she was like literally in my hand Mm -hmm. and telling her about the story of her sister and letting her know that she could sit on the pillow and she was totally safe. And I think so often we're so used to not allowing love in that when it fully comes we're so unprepared for it it's in all of the right in all the good ways and all the bad ways so that's the brief version of the story of roxy and the experience of you know i before roxy i don't think i mean i love warner right Mm -hmm. and i love my family but i don't think that i had ever totally given Mm-hmm. my heart to something to someone to a a being and felt totally in it without any conditions back and you know and and so i love heart and she's an amazing yeah, yeah. and you know and we talk about Roxy all the time mm-hmm. right and 
I know that Roxy's role here was complete. You know, I've had the conversations with her soul and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. metaphysical. I get it. Right, right. But, you know, Warner said at one point, he's like, I'm so sorry that I brought Roxy into your oh. life. Like, he's like, you're so, un- no, he's like, you're so much in pain. I, I'm so sorry. And I was like, why? Yeah. I would do it all over again. And I think that is the true kind of love story here. The I would do it all over again, even still dealing with the grief, still dealing with the loss, because that year and 16 months or whatever it was, was worth every second. And it changed my life. And it changed everyone I know. Because everyone I know was touched by it. Absolutely. I ha- we, when we talked, I had the same story. My beloved soul, my dog Finley, was killed. And I had a second dog, you know, and I literally came home. And this is, I hate to admit it, but I was like, the wrong one was killed because Finley was my soulmate. Like, and I, so I get that concept. And while I love to talk about grief, and this is a part of grief, the, the main story here is how do you, number one, open your heart? And number two, how do you let grief just ravage the fuck out of you and open it again? Right. Yeah. And so that's why we're talking about this. And so that's why I said, I mean, I, I got the Kleenex here, right? Because when we first started talking, for, I mean, I think we were both crying for like an hour. Yeah. We were just crying, yeah. sharing swapping mm-hmm. dog stories, right? Finley and Roxy stories. And, um, but I don't want to focus on, and we can talk more about it, but, but I think being fiercely brilliant, the magic is how, how do you have the courage? You talked about a warrior, right? How do you have that warrior heart where you're like, nothing is going to break me. I'm going to stay open. I'm the same way. So we're really, we're, I I love this conversation because this is how we roll. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will say, I'm never getting another dog, or I'm never going to be in another relationship. I'm never going to allow myself to have this much pain. So how do we help people taste that sweetness? Yeah. I think you have to do it step by step. And I think that the way I did it was tuning into that part of me that knows I'm never hurt, Mm. that knows that I'm protected, that knows I'm profoundly loved. Even at times, if it was a small seed doing this experience, but really going there and allowing myself to be open with how I feel Mm-hmm. to actually be present with it and not try to hide it or mm-hmm. stuff it or mm-hmm. you know move or try to make it different i think for me being warrior i knew the power of that much love yeah. and i wasn't yeah. going to i wasn't going to let it be anything different right so do you it's, feel like sorry go ahead no go ahead you go ahead i was going to say do you feel like because i I think for some people, it's just a default, like, oh, I'm not getting hurt. And they live their lives creating safety and trying to protect and distancing. For me, it's a decision. I'll, I'll, I'll get my, my head kicked in. Like, I, like what I say is, I love that I'm on the playing field. And that means I'm going to get scraped up. I'm going to be harmed. I'm going to be smashed around. And at the end of the day, I get to experience exquisiteness. So, so if we were to show people, like, if, you, if you're open to be open to receive love and to not show your heart. What's the process? I always think about awareness and yes, the decisions. Yes. So what, what yeah. would you say about that? 
Well, first of all, I think people have to, deter- to understand that when they're keeping themselves in that illusion of safety and showing themselves <laughs> off. Illusion. Right? Yes. Right. What they're called, they're doing what Jennifer Bloom calls pre-suffering. They're suffering mm-hmm. way before they even right. hit the suffering right. mark. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Right. So the process is, is when you have that awareness, when you want that ho- that heart to stay open is to really pause and tune in. You know, I know when my heart is feeling closed mm-hmm. and I can work with my body's divine intelligence to simply say, I have a willingness to know that I'm safe to open my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And your body doesn't have free will. So it will make that happen if you get on that bus. You know, it's also about making the commitment, declaring it each day, mm-hmm. you know, noticing when you're uh, closing yourself off and pausing and going, okay. Do I want to operate from pain and programming here mm-hmm. or do I want to operate from the knowing that I'm whole and complete? You know, it's a question I tell my clients all the time. Yeah. What would you be? What would you say? What would you express? Hey. What would you do if you were whole and complete? Because it's much different than what would you do if you were afraid of getting hurt? These are some women's wisdom bombs, gang. I hope you're taking notes here. What would you do if you knew you were complete? Yeah. And, and here's the thing. You know, she got, heart got, came home and she had worms, right? So that was like three weeks of tension (laughs) or, you know, and then she, you know, what else did she do? Oh, she swallowed this whole thing of plastic. So that was another (laughs) day, right? Periodically, she'll just chew sheets. And I'm like, (laughs) right. So, you know, I, I the paradigm that I work in is called soul language. And so I identified heart soul languages Mm. and her one liner is to understand that love is real. That's what her soul is here to do. And I'm like, mother, (laughs) come on, right? Like, so I know that when, you know, for weeks I would be like, I'm just afraid she's going to die. Like, I'm like, Whoa, is that what I want to put into the energy field? Right. Right. So it's about really everyone needs their moments of breakdown. Everyone needs Mm -hmm. to mourn and cry. But then you get to determine, okay, what do I want to put into the energy field of what's happening with me? The world is not happening to me. It's happening through me and for Mm -hmm. me and with me. And so Mm -hmm. how do I want to co-create with my world around me? And how can I activate, which I could show everyone how to do, how can I activate the courage inside of me to take that next step? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that next step is just going, wow, I'm not being vulnerable. Or how can I be vulnerable here and now? Or that I'm safe to be vulnerable. So the way you can activate courage is simply using your body to say divine intelligence, fill me with the feeling and knowing of courage. Boom. I was just going to ask you, I was going to say what, where I was, what's going with that is though, there are some people that have never had the experience of an open heart. There are some people that have been so programmed to avoid vulnerability, or they made decisions years ago, like I'm out. So, so if you have no like mental construct of, oh, that's what it feels like. How do they even begin to approximate that? So then you just did the activation process and I'm like, would that be it? Or do you have something? Yeah. No, that's it. So what would you do is I would tell that I would tell that person every day, 
just for a second, you're mm-hmm. going to say this divine intelligence. I have a willingness to know that I'm safe to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And just see what happens in your body. Ooh, my body's just tingling on that one. Right. Nice. And then nice. you're going to keep doing it and keep doing it until you start to feel the opening and opening and opening. And or until you go, oh, my God, I just said something that's totally safe about being vulnerable without even knowing. <laughs> right? so weird. Right. So it's actually deprogramming. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Your body knows what it's like to be safe, to be vulnerable. Your body knows what it's like to have an open heart. And so when we work with that, it will do the heavy mm. lifting for us. It will skip over programming, right. not nice. to bypass it, but but to work with your cellular memory to create something new so you can make new choices at the same time. Yeah, it's a powerful experience. And you also want to think about, you know, when you want to kind of heal those experiences or heal those beliefs that have created this false sense that you can't be open, right? Yeah. You know, and I think also what's really important for people to know is that you can get through pain. I was just, that was, see, like, you're just tracking, darling. Every time you think <laughs> something, like three, three, three words later, you're on the topic. You know, for me, I feel like, I think that the overarching conversation here is that you're more than your body. You're more than your thoughts. There is divine or universal or source energy, whatever you call that. And if you're not tapped into that, life's going to be a little, my, my belief, right? It's a little harder because then you're on your own to figure everything out and life can really hurt you. And so how do we get people to go, even if you've never, like, they might not believe that their body knows how to be safe. They might not believe that, oh, this happened for me. This is God expressing through me. Like, like if somebody is a little like, these two women are saying some weird shit. I don't really get <laughs> Yeah, they stopped watching the video a long time. Oh, that's probably this <laughs> well, if you're watching, hang on, right. you're our people. But but yeah. I mean, just like how can we strengthen? Because you know, when Finley was killed, I never had the oh no, poor me. Well, I mean, I did in my grief, right? And I didn't understand it because she too got hit by a car, you know. So it was it was right. a, the sudden ones are the harder ones, I think. But I never had the poor me. I'm such a victim. This should, you know, I because I understood on a soul level the purpose. I understood why she left what was facilitated as a result of her. And I could kind of merge with her energy. But if people don't have access to that level of understanding, it's really hard. So even yeah. beyond mm. the body, like let's go up to how do you access mm. that a little bit? I think you have to start small, you know, right. start right. with sacred, some sort of sacred practice, whether it's, mm. you know, reading something that inspires you, whether it's, being in dance, whether it's being in nature, whether it's, you know, taking out, you know, your prayer book from fourth grade or whatever, and reading that. It's about really starting small so you can start to experience the connection within. Mm -hmm. Another way to do it is like, okay, let's do a lab experiment. I am willing (laughs) to see that there's something higher than me. Beautiful. I want that, I want that experience to be vivid clear and not like like altering like life altering like you know like hey let's have that earring from you know my junior year in high school reappear in the house somewhere right like 
really vividly and clearly ask the university Bob Guide Cupcake, whatever you might call it, to really show you, hey, there's something yeah, bigger. You're there for now, me. right? I do a whole uh, podcast series called Stories with the Divine just based on that because I think so often people don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to share a really tangible example. Okay, perfect. So a while back, really long time ago, I was in my car driving home from having like dinner with a friend of mine and I was mad. And I was like, listen, I want to know that God and my dead dad know who I am and are supporting me every step away. Like I want demanding. Right, in your face. And that's good. You know, the old Christian mindset is like, but you should be able to demand. Hell yes. We are one and the same. So I'm making a declaration of myself, right? Nice. So the radio comes on and it's a song that my dad liked. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's too Right. (laughs) So the announcer comes on and goes, hey, thanks for all those requests, you know, from all the 70s, the music places. And he goes through all of these places and he goes, and Brothers 3, and I drive off the road. Because Brothers 3 was the bar that my father owned with his brothers that I even forgot he had. Oh, my God. I just got right. goosebumps. Oh, right? my God. So think of all the sh- stuff that had to happen. Right, for that moment. Right, that's, right, that's mm-hmm. out of my... Con- like, I had nothing to do with that, mm-hmm. right? And I went, oh, okay. Got it. I got it. Right? Yeah. But here's the thing with with faith and connection, right? Like I often forget, and I teach it 24-7. I often forget Me too. Me too. that the divine knows who I am, that I'm connected. And when I forget, and then when I ask, and when I demand one of those reminders, I pause and I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for doubting yeah. me, my connection. Like, I, you know, whoa. So, I often think that in times of challenge, people are are praying for divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my suggestion is you start co-creating with whatever you want to call your higher power or discovering what your higher power mm-hmm. is. So you don't have to keep running to 911. Right. Because it's a lot less painful. Even in crisis, it's a lot mm-hmm. less pain. If I didn't have the connection that I had, with myself and the divine, I would have, I would still be in bed. Like I, oh, I get I, it. I, yes, yeah, sister. Yes. Yes. And, and so that's what, the, that's what it's about. It's about fostering the love inside of you and receiving universal love. So at any moment you can tap into the knowing that you're whole and complete and that you're safe, even in crisis. That's the perfect ending. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Mic drop. This was so, I'm really proud of us because we were crying a lot, but I think the intention of, we didn't just want this to be a sob story, right? Because how many people have lost pets and are just never the same? I mean, it's such an important thing in our lives. And so, so the reminder is you can keep your heart open in the middle of just life shattering pain or circumstances. It doesn't have to be about losing a dog. It could be about losing a spouse or somebody or anything else. Look for the little spaces where you can open your heart. And I love what Jennifer gave you, the techniques. Why don't you give us one more activation? Say to your body, just this as a reminder. Sure. Okay. So take a deep breath and listen to my words. If I use words you don't understand, that's okay. Just get on my bus. So here goes. Divine intelligence, 
Fill me with the feeling and knowing that it is my divine right to receive love. Mm. Mm. That's freaking sweet. All right, Miss Jennifer. I'm thinking people are going to go, where do I follow this woman? And does she have anything free that I can sample? So do you want to share that stuff with us? Yeah. So at soullanguage.us, I have so much free stuff. Yeah, you've got a bunch. <laughs> like you could uh, get a, a free Soul Language 15-minute session. You can get some free prayer tools. Uh, right. There's lots of free audio there. So, and Perfect. here's the thing. I answer my own email. So mm -hmm. if you have a question, just reach out. That's beautiful. Well, just thank you for sharing your heart. You know, it's not... It's, you know, they, 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 those are the, the, they, the mysterious, they, they always say, talk about something when you're way past it. And I call bullshit on that one because it would be one thing in, you know, 2026 to go, oh, back in 21, my dog died. And, and for you to have the courage and for me to have the courage, because that's, this is my vibe. That's why we, you know, to show vulnerability, to demonstrate the both, to demonstrate the, I'm a badass warrior woman. And oh my God, I thought I could die when that dog died. Like to demonstrate the both, we need to be able to hold the both in us. And so I so respect and appreciate your willingness just to be real because this is the journey, right? Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and thank you so much for being consciously transparent as well. I think mm -hmm. that's so important. Absolutely. All right, gang. Whew, what an episode. All right. And just honoring Finley and Roxy, right? Sending them off. Okay. Peace and blessings. Bye. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode. And I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Kelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. So each week we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot and I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, Join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Scali. Alrighty, peace and blessings, and I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.